but I was clearly guided. I'm supposed to camp here, but I opened the toilet and the toilet was covered with ants. And oh my gosh, no way! I'm not gonna stay here, you know. <laughs> and so I talked to the spirit. You've got to clear this toilet, otherwise I'm not gonna stay here, even though you're guiding me to stay in this campground. And I went back back to my camper. And I was curious, you know. So hour later, I went into the toilet and opened the door. Ants were gone. You got to accentuate the positive. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? G'day and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So wonderful to be with you all again. Well, I have the beautiful and delicious Haruko Blue Star Child with me on the show today. Welcome, Haruko. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. It's such an honor, you know, to to have this opportunity talking with you. And uh, you are one of my Zero and uh, <laughs> you're so sweet. And you've been in this field for so many years, and I'm just a little kindergarten kid. But you know, I'm just so honored to be here. So thank you. Oh, darling, it's an honor to be with you. I tell you, like reading your bio, you've been doing this for a long time too, and uh, the work that you're doing is just wonderful. So it's an honor to be with you. Oh, <laughs> mutual <thank> respect, you. <laughs> mutual respect. But let me read a little bit about uh, Haruko for people that don't know Haruko. Born in Japan, Haruko Blue Star Child is a multidimensional artist, musician, and author. Growing up in a Japanese patriarchal society and a Catholic school, Haruko kept her connection to spirit and her fire to rebel against conformity alive. After high school, she responded to an almost urgent calling to come to America in 1987. Coming from another country and living as a single woman, it's been a step-by-step process of self-discovery in finding her truth and full expression. In 1999, Haruko started receiving transmissions from source through drawings guided by angelic rabbit-like beings who became way-showers and teachers of the multi-dimensional worlds. Haruko discovered her deep heart's desire to deliver love and inspiration from the heart of creator source through art. This joy led to channeling multidimensional light codes, divine feminine sacred geometry and blueprints of the new earth on her freehand large scale drawings. And we're going to see them. She's, She's going to show us a little film because they're enormous, her drawings. Her drawings transmit the energy of various dimensional worlds, such as the Ascended Masters, the Elohim and Seraphim, Archangels and Angels, 
fairies, elementals, ETs, ancient civilization, and other star systems. They are like a living cosmic encyclopedia and activate our remembrance and light codes within us. Recently, she started sharing the light codes through her voice and flute. She now has a Blue Star Child Gallery in Mount Shasta, California, which is a multidimensional portal and sacred temple where people can be activated, aligned, inspired and free and feel at home by the source light and deep soul level. Haruko also shares her work through her social media platforms. And your website is bluestarchild.com and the gallery is bluestarchildgallery.com. So let's go back to that impulse to come to America. What was happening? Where, and How old were you when that happened? Like you obviously saw America on television like we do down under. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, in a junior high, I watched the TV, the Western movie, and there's a cowboy and the Native Americans. And when the Native Americans showed up on the screen, I was just nailed to the screen. And I said, I know those people. <laughs> I really have to go to that continent. And so that was calling. Uh, that was just, I couldn't say no to that. So I begged my parents, you know, I really want to go to America. And, you know, my parents are very strict, you know, conservative. But when it comes to study, you know, they agree. So I said, I want to really study English and I want to have opportunity to, you know, study more. And so I um, was sent to home home stay program for one month in Wyoming. And uh, I remember when I landed my feet landed on the, you know, on the land. My whole being was saying, this is the place. <laughs> I knew, I knew. And so somehow I had to come back again, you know, after a month. But, you know, I needed to graduate from high school. And my parents are so conservative. And, you know, they were expecting me to uh, enter the university, you know, have a career, get married and all of that. And so I was thinking, you know, how can I get out of this trap? And so I purposely flanked all the tests to enter the university. And also on the uh, on another side of it, I was applying to the university in America and I, I got accepted. And I had a backup financially from my grandmother. She was very, very open-minded, you know, full support. And without her, I am not here. And uh, she was the voice of the family. And she demanded that I will go to America and study. So, yeah, here I am. It's interesting that your grandmother was the one that was open because you're, you know, like many of us, starseed and completely galactic and different to, to the mainstream way of living. What do your parents think of what you do now? As an artist, they know now that I have been having this gallery for, you know, over seven years or so and kind of feeding myself, you know. So they approve as an artist, but they have no clue what I'm really doing. I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. So they think that you're an, you're an artist. Let's t- go back to when you started receiving the transmissions. What was happening? So around that time, I was 
even though I, I knew that I had to come to this continent and live, but I didn't open up spiritually until that time. And around that time, I was getting really bored with my life, you know, going to school, you know, just working regularly and, you know, partying, you know, all the regular things that young girl does. And I knew from long, long time, there's something else deeper that I need to do. And so then, you know, when you're really hitting the wall all the way, then something else opened up. And that was the drawing. I was uh, attending the art graduate school in San Francisco, California. I started to design some toys, I don't know why, and with a rabbit. So I was just designing the toy on the sketchbook, but drawing itself became my passion. Because somehow I felt deep joy that I have never felt before, and also the curiosity was really opening up when I was drawing because I started to feel something which I couldn't understand what it was, but it was just more interesting than going to school or hanging out with friends. So I kept on going and it's kind of like my story is a cosmic Alice in the Wonderland, you know, and I kept on doing the following the rabbits and they started to shape shift and became like angelic or sometimes they look like um, like alien really et you know and so my curiosity grew and grew and um, years after year i start to meet someone like some people who can see or hear or have more open to the other dimensions and recognize uh, the beings or energy on my drawings that's what happened and my spiritual awakening was through the drawing so it's interesting I, when i was reading your bio and it said the rabbit light beings do you think the rabbit was their like screen they just showed that to you because to the to the mind of a young haruko it's it, it seemed you know nicer than if they appeared as they really look Mm -hmm. <laughs> if the huge angel appeared or something i'll be so overwhelmed or right. my fear you know was not ready to face that but you know who wouldn't reject a rabbit right? yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting in the in the alice in wonderland story that she follows that white rabbit down the mm -hmm. down the and that's maybe that's why we say go down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. yeah. and then they use it in a negative way but for me it was like all the way positive yeah so much to see how far down the rabbit hole I said that recently I had some guys come and uh, do some maintenance on the house and they saw my podcast set up and they said oh what do you talk about and I looked at them and I said how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go I remember using that expression <laughs> not in a negative way and, they, and he said all the way baby <laughs> <laughs> all the way That's all the right. way mm -hmm. so we talk about you know all this stuff that you do and all the galactic stuff yeah so and the transmissions came in the form of art mm -hmm. and did you get a sense of what you were drawing at the time um not really i was just having fun but also i can feel the world within my heart was expanding like there's some kind of remembrance so along the way, I pick up the book, 
like a Pleiadian agenda or something like that and start reading some books and and all oh, this energy you know there's this energetic design in the book you know the codes and that feels familiar with me because I draw them so when I feel that mutual uh, signature then oh th this must be something oh this must be Pleiadian oh this must be Syrian so that's kind of how I learned but mainly from within and outside of the you know the evidence came after how do the transmissions affect people like how did they affect you when you started to receive the information like in your life and in your body Mm. I feel like it's been a little by little, so I didn't really notice. But my consciousness and curiosity, you know, expands more and more. And also I moved to Mount Shasta, you know, after drawing, started to drawing. And maybe five years after I moved to Mount Shasta. So there was much more readiness to receive a higher vibration or something like that. And, you know, the curiosity is really the key to open the door to, you know, the genuine curiosity is open the door to, to get to know unknown world that we, you know, we think we don't know and exist. For me, now that I understand the rabbit has more like background, the background energy is a Pleiadian. And my first contact was Pleiadian as well. So I'm kind of feeling they were the one kind of invited me first. And then, you know, different star beings and different dimensions, you know, dimensional beings. They sort of introduced you to the multidimensional cosmos universe. Like, right. yeah, like, hello, let me introduce mm -hmm. you to your star nation, right. brothers and sisters throughout the cosmos. Right. And yeah. and what have been, now that you understand the messages more, what have been the messages that they're bringing through of late in regards to humanity? Well, it's the message of love in many ways. And many star beings have had experienced different histories and how they became to be now. As you know, Pleiadian are very similar to us and they went through very similar experience. So they're like a big sister and gently they're guiding us to realize that we are made of love. We are the creator of this reality and to remember who we really are, the power of who we are. Opening up to the possibility that we are not the only one in the universe. Yeah, <laughs> you're not alone. Right. So, Haruko and I were speaking yeah. before I turned on the camera, and we were talking about how she came out to Australia in 2018 and did a tour around Australia and went out to the Rock. You know, the Indigenous, the First Nations people of Australia, say that they're they're guided by the Seven Sisters, the Pallades. Did you get? more transmissions or any transmissions while you're down under yes actually i like to share one of the drawing uh, called atlantis rising and i did receive several uh design while i was in Uruuru, so i'd like to share that i didn't have like a physical contact or anything like you know 
back then. I used to have that a lot, and uh, recently that kind of subsided, and more focusing on you know transmitting into drawings. So, would you like me to share that drawing now? Yeah, let's see or, it. Okay. Ah,、uh, let me see. So this one is called Atlantis Rising. Actually, this is the very last drawing. Of this large series, it's about two meter long, and somehow I have more passion, like humanly passion, for Atlantis than Lemuria. But up to this drawing, for many years of drawing since 1999, was more like Lemurian and divine feminine design. I was feeling that I needed to complete the divine feminine blueprints. And then you know this is the final that I could bring forth, and it has more of the divine masculine energetic code as well in this one. And so you know, on the earth, we are going through some transformation, but we really needed to heal and strengthen the divine feminine, more like revive the divine feminine, and create the foundation. Then the divine masculine can rise up. Together, so that was the message when I was drawing this one, and I was in such a joy. So I will play this one, and I think I'm going to sing along with it because it's a quiet video. So it's about two minutes. So I forgot to mention、uh, some other designs that I received was from Egypt. 
So my intention for this one, you know, since this is the very end of the blueprint, so I had a little more awareness, you know, what to bring. So my intention was to bring forth the, you know, the ancient wisdom that has been seeded by the star beings. So the two sacred places had provided me and inspired me to draw this. To say, Hiroko, I feel completely different after that. It's like, oh, it's like I've just had a deep meditation in that, you know, minute or so that you were singing uh, and looking for those on audio, you have to come on to the video platforms on, on several of them, Odyssey, Rumble, BitChute, Daily Motion. started uploading to, um, what's it called? Brighteon as well. And of course, the major Google one to see the art but uh yeah it's like it was working on my uh, nervous system oh wow yeah i was just like coming down from like a different vibration yeah wow that was beautiful oh i feel completely relaxed now <laughs> oh good <laughs> i hope other people are receiving that transmission as well this is like oh yeah beautiful so where were we? Now I've got to think. <laughs> You've taken me out of my head and put me in my heart. And now I can't think. <laughs> right. Well, we were talking about the trip to Ururu that I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Australia. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yes. So did you receive that transmission in Uluru? Did you, that one that we just saw? Yes. Mm -hmm. wow. Several of them. So I received, you know, I received several. And so I overlay the designs and figure out the whole proportion of it. That's how I work. So it's like a collage of all the, you know, drawings that I receive and uh, figure out the whole picture of the representation, how, you know, the balance and composition in artistic way to how energetically I can feel in my body and feel balanced and focused. So when you were receiving it, when you're in Australia, did you draw it out there or did you draw it when you got back? Because they're big, they're enormous. Oh, okay, so yeah, I missed the information. I, I have sketchbooks, so I bring the you know okay. sketchbook in. So I did the drawing over there in in Uluru and Egypt, and brought it back. And then so this large one is you know consists of those drawings. It's like a total okay. wall in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you did do them when you get back. You you do them in a, in large scale. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, beautiful. And what's that one? Have you got anything else that you would like to show us? Yes. I was inspired to share with you uh, many of the galactic ones today. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's see. There's one called Map of Universe. And uh, I haven't really shown this one to the public yet, I think. Let's see. So this one is uh, five meter long. It's really long. And it took about six months to kind of complete it but that was when I was in San Francisco and I had some work too so you know I was not really full-time artist but yeah it took that much duration and I had such a little apartment so I had this whole drawing on the floor of the <laughs> kitchen and I, I finished this one so here it is let's see and I'm going to uh, play music with this one again Oh. 
reverb on up there (laughs) yeah that is so i actually felt like i was on another planet looking at that really yeah there's so much in that so much in that Mm -hmm. yeah yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah just amazing how how vast out there (laughs) you know how vast 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not out there, it's within us, but you know, it just feels like out there. I was mm-hmm. thinking, uh, looking at some of the parts of that that we were witnessing, uh, we were witnessing, you know, galactic writing, like the sort that you would see on a ship or something, uh, on a spacecraft. And also I was thinking with many of the ways that the people throughout the cosmos communicate, they don't need spoken word or even written word because of their telepathic mm-hmm. communication. So I'm thinking, so what am I witnessing? And they're saying to me that they still like to express through through writing and art. And so they're still expressing through art and writing, even though the you know preferred way of communication is through transmission of energy. Mm. Yeah, just... There's so much in that. Do, I mean, obviously we're having a conversation about it. Do you receive any information as you're receiving that that one specifically? Uh, did, or is it just a feeling and you just... You know. Yeah, for me, it's usually the feeling. Sometimes the words come through, but since this one is like so vast that it's, uh-huh. just, the, it's just the feeling and, you know, just the some kind of familiarity the remembrance mm-hmm. yeah and uh, when i receive the transmission it's always by feeling not the vision or i don't hear and uh, so i have to follow and really pay attention to the feeling and also i never received the teacher either and <laughs> also i am not really allowed to read books or somebody's information because I always fall asleep in the first page, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I had to keep this like coming really purely from coming from within, and I don't know anything with my head, but allow allow this feeling to come through as um, you know as clear as possible, with my curiosity and childlike play. So. I call myself a cosmic doodler. You know, <laughs> I just cosmic doodle and you know connect with the world yeah so you just draw what you feel you just draw what you feel which is exactly what doodling is it's it's not a thought process you're just drawing you're just doodling a cosmic doodler wow wow and what has been the response so you now own a gallery in mount shasta how many years have you had the gallery about seven years total. Wow. But, uh, this location is about five years. Uh-huh. And it's really large since my drawings are all large. So <laughs> they are, consist of three rooms. And the first room is a little more playful. It's an introduction room. And there's a shop there. And second room is more galactic. I call it my, spa- my spaceship living room. <laughs> and the third room is a, a sacred temple room. That's the most you know condensed energy. And uh, the reaction I have been receiving, I opened this store uh, right before the COVID hits. And I was like, oh no, you know, (laughs) what a mistake. But actually I kept it as an oasis and people come in and some sensitive people, they can feel from outside and they just like get drawn into come in. And some people just open the door and come in and they start crying because they can feel this source energy of love and safe and peaceful and harmonious and so it's been encouragement because i i didn't know 
how it's gonna be and I just found this space and it was just divinely guided and now that you know I share my music more and my music is activating my artwork even more and the space is becoming more alive and almost like a portal living portal and uh, you know so some people who can feel it they just come in and feel peace and and they you know walk around and they start crying or they start laughing you know it's just this uh they receive this epiphany you know or some kind of activation and um, even people who doesn't really realize it they you know I can see that something is happening to their energetic field and what's interesting is that people who are so open-minded not even not knowing what's happening or you know ascension or you know all of that uh, but just a pure, genuine, loving family comes in and they receive so much with no resistance. And I can feel that. And some people who call themselves spiritual have little, a little bit more ego, like I know this, my third eye is open kind of thing. Kind of people, they, they have this closed door and they receive just a little compared to those people who doesn't know anything but genuinely, genuinely enjoying life or just being family and living in joy in a loving way so I get to observe all of that and uh, such a blessing to be able to hold this space and also it's been such a learning for me to hold this space because it's not the space the space is me so I had to be you know constantly clear and also own this gift that I am to be able to share purely as pure as possible so yeah it's been such a journey I bet it's been a journey bringing through these frequencies in the in a mainstream world and and making a living out of it does it sustain you I mean is it it supporting oh yes yeah <laughs> it is that's that's beautiful I mean that's amazing that it's supporting you because a lot of people who receive these transmissions cannot figure out a way, you know, how's this going to support me and like, how am I going to make a living and pay rent and pay bills and all that sort of thing. So, right. Well, yeah. but it happened year by year, you know, it's like a step by step and step by step. I had to let go other job and step by step. I, the last year was like departing from the partner. So now I'm on my own, you know, so step by step of the empowerment and confirmation from the universe I am supporting you you know here it is and you know during the COVID time opening this door on the mainstream that sounds really crazy but somehow I was supported yeah it's beautiful isn't it because our guides and our galactic guides and you know our angelic guides and spirit guides and high self they send us these messages of love and support all the time but as humans we have to receive it we have to trust it. We have to really trust. Mm -hmm. That's the application of the work, I suppose, right. is to really yes. know that what we're receiving is our truth and that it can sustain us and support us in this third dimensional experience that we're all having. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, break free of the, the matrix. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> by little. Anyway. We are making this new, you know, earth grid together by living in this way with this consciousness. And you're one of them. 
emitting that beautiful energy from Australia and yeah I'm just so happy to be connecting with you today and with Australia too so so when you were traveling through Australia did you meet many like-minded because you were sort of more like a tourist going to the tourists places did you meet many other galactic star seeds wanderers light workers on your travels no I was just a loner and I didn't feel even guided to search for that I think and actually I like the solo traveling because I can really go deep with the land mm -hmm. so that was my focus and I didn't think about uh, talking to people or meeting people it was more like really talking to the spirit and mm -hmm. animals and you know uh, stars at night and uh, it was just a full uh, trip driving this big camper van by <laughs> myself and going through this never never land to like Darwin and discovering all this beautiful nature and uh, meeting wild animals and it was beyond uh, what I imagined and so much gift that I received from Australia. Yeah, uh, you would have spent a lot of time on the roads because it's the space so vast, isn't it? Oh the my spaces. Gosh. I have <laughs> never driven in for such a long time, <laughs> and you don't see anything other than desert, the and, and uh -huh. the dead cows on the street. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, yeah, the uh, the road killed the kangaroos, the yeah. wallabies, wombats. Oh, yeah, I yep. didn't see all that, but cows, yes. But you I saw cows, the dead cows. Mm -hmm. So totally dried up and dead. And, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was driving through the outback last year, two days driving out to the Broken Hill, which is sort of west centre, anyway, I saw goats everywhere. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, oh, somebody's lost some goats on the side of the road. They've, they've escaped. And then I saw more and like hours and hours of driving, I saw goats. And so when I arrived at my destination, I was speaking to the people. I said, what are these goats? And they said, yeah, there's lots of wild goats. And I said, I had wow. no idea. Wow. <laughs> Australia was so full of yeah, <laughs> wild goats wow. in the area I was. Yeah, amazing. But you were in a slightly different area. So did you start from Sydney or did you fly from Sydney to Alice Springs? to Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Alice Springs. And then you flew to Alice Springs and then you picked up the camper van in Alice Springs and then you drove to Uluru and then up to Darwin. Yeah. Wow, that's a big journey. Yeah. About 2,000, more than 2,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just had to do it. So I picked all the tickets, purchased a ticket, rented the van like several weeks before, and I just flew there. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a, my fear. You know, I was partially shaking, but I knew that there would be a gift, something that I can you know, receive. And uh, yeah, I grew up so much during that time. And the nature was just amazing. And uh, the first time I saw Wallaby was like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> little thing. I have never seen such a thing. I didn't even know there's a little version of kangaroo. So, you know, the joy of me was like enormous. And uh, and a camping in Kakadu National Park was just amazing too. And uh, by then I was like totally immersed into the nature and I was clearly guided to this one quiet campground that there was nobody there. But I was clearly guided, I'm supposed to camp here. But you know, I opened the toilet and the, the toilet was covered with ants and 
oh my gosh no way i'm not gonna stay here you know <laughs> and so i talked to the spirit you've got to clear this toilet otherwise i'm not gonna stay here even though you're guiding me to you know, stay in this campground and i went back to my camper and i was curious you know so hour later i went into the toilet and opened the door ants were gone <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got to give them some time. I do that with the ants in the house when they haven't been for a while. But when they come, I say, no, you guys have to leave, please. Otherwise, if you're not gone in that hour, I'm going to wipe you away. Right. Yeah, but you've got to give them some time to right. go. Yeah. Yes. Patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've got to give them some time because right. they're little and they have little steps. So they've got to, they've got to yes. leave. <laughs> ah, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And what yeah. was your impression of, the energy of Australia compared to somewhere like Japan or the United States? Well, it's hard to say because I visited only the desert area. So my focus is really always to tap into the ancient energy. I felt a lot of um, star um, beings like who, um, it's like a condensed, especially the Ururu, it's like a huge library in a way that has the various, you know, condensed information there. And uh, hmm, to compare to Japan, Japan is an interesting island because it's, even though it's very, very small, it has consists of many power spots. And so if you go to temples or shrine, they're all individual power spots as well. And so the energy is very condensed as well. It's, hmm, it's star energy as well, lots of Pleiadian, but also I'm sure there's more than that. So it's, it's hard to compare. America also has diverse information in Grand Canyon to, you know, the Southwest to, you know, Mount Shasta is a huge portal and, but then there's hidden portals and ancient sites, you know, still exist, but kind of being quiet. So, but those places are getting more activated, right? And so as South, South America, many of the places are getting activated. So as Egypt and yeah, I can't really explain, but my passion is the land, you know, the vast wild land mass is, is where uh, many of the information is, is stored within, in the ground. For me, I, I like Australia and the United States. You said before that you had some experiences with some Star Nation people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, physical experiences. Do you want to share with us some of those? Sure. I used to see a lot of starships in the sky. When I was in San Francisco, actually it was in the meditation, that was the first contact. And uh, there are uh, people living upstairs with two dogs, which never bark, they were really quiet. But when I was meditating, I felt this ship came down and I went inside the ship and I saw these light beings. It was just the light, you know, the white, beautiful light being, but I could feel the figure there, several of them. And all of a sudden, the dogs upstairs start barking like crazy. 
and then I lost my focus and then that disappeared and dogs stopped barking but that was three in the morning and dogs never bark around that time so that was a confirmation for me and that was kind of energetic contact for the first time the physical I think it's more energetic too but when I was flying to Japan I was in such a high vibration so I meditate my you know meditated for a long time and I went somewhere and I came back as the plane was getting ready to land and my whole body was kind of sick like I understand now that you know once you go to the higher dimension and come right back somehow it just you know I couldn't adjust to my body and was feeling to throw up and so I was really sick and uh, I come came down from the plane and somehow managed to go to the go through the immigra immigration and pick up my suitcase and all and I remember I remember walking on the hallway to the gate where my parents are waiting my whole body uh, was bouncing from the floor to the ceiling, going boom, boom. So my body was going up and down and up and down. And I'm like, come down, come down. My whole body needs to come down, <laughs> you know, before I get to the you know, gate because my parents are waiting and I cannot see them in this, in this way. Finally, I managed to put myself together, but it was very interesting because I was in this body, but at the same time, I could see myself bouncing all the way to the ceiling. I could feel and I could see everything. So after that, I kind of stopped doing or <laughs> tried to meditate and connect with the spaceship. After that, they still be around me. So I was laying down in the park in Tokyo one time with my friend. And we sensed the spaceship on the in the sky, and oh yeah, they're here. And we were bathing in the healing energy, and all of a sudden the black helicopter comes all around, and you know, very annoying. So we left. And then after that, I came back to Shasta, and I was camping by myself in the mountain. And I could feel the ship coming, and so I welcomed them. But all of a sudden, the black helicopter again came right after, like five seconds after. They just sensed so fast, and I just get into my tent. And so after that, I kind of stopped contacting in that way and more focusing on inward contact. And I think I'm learning more to connect in such a way that I can bring those frequencies through flute and recently it's more of my voice and so I think I'm learning to merge in this body more than witnessing and experiencing the physical outside level. It's interesting you acclimating to a different frequency a different dimension and then coming back into the third dimension and acclimating trying to acclimate your energy back into the third dimension i often think we talk so much about where are they where are they why don't we see ets walking around but if they live in a different frequency to the third density it's hard for them to acclimate here as well and mm. the commonality of the grays often people say that they're what do you call them biological biological robots or ai biological ai 
um, my guides have said to me that they use the little biological AI throughout the cosmos to meet beings because they don't have that emotional energy. You know, they can hit bacteria and viruses and frequencies and energies, and they don't get sick like like other life forms would and they don't need to acclimate to the energy so they they use these gray type biological ai to to contact other beings on other planets including mm. humans yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and by the way i forgot to say so those ones that i am aware that they're pleiadians yeah they've been uh more close than other star beings but recently, Arcturian are coming close to me, so yeah. I am excited about that too. So in order to affect the ascension of this world, many of them have incarnated into human form to right. bring the frequencies like you're doing into this planet and to shift the dimensional vibratory experience so that they can interact with humans yeah, so the work that you're doing and, you know, many other starseeds and wanderers and light workers in being in human form and bringing these frequencies and anchoring them on the planet is allowing our galactic brothers and sisters to be able to have this physical contact. But we've got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, well, just the beginning, but at least we started. Yeah, at least mm -hmm. we started. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to show us before we go? Any other images that you want to show us on? Uh, sure. I have um, maybe uh, the Divine Feminine is very prominent these days. So I'd like to share the one called New Angelic Codes. And it has very strong Mary Magdalene's energy in harmony with Yahshua and Melchizedek, Archangel is he archangel but you know Melchizedek energy is in it and when I used to see this drawing I my whole cell used to vibrate I really love this drawing so I'd like to share this with you and music is on the video so I'll just play the video yeah.
was long, so I finished it a little bit earlier. <laughs> oh, that was so beautiful, so beautiful. So many angelic frequencies in there, yeah, the, the music of the spheres, the music of the angels and the frequency of the angels. Oh, Haruko, that was just sublime. Thank you so much. Yeah, we had a few tech issues dropped out for a minute there. I think the the tech of the Zoom couldn't cope with the frequencies from that last video. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your magnificent work. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored. And thank you so much for this opportunity to share my art and music. I'll have all the audio and the video platforms on my website. So if you go to karenswain.com slash Haruko, uh, will I put your full name maybe, or you can go to the search engine and just put in Haruko and you'll, and you'll see her there on all the um, yes. video and, platforms. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, my website is bluestarchild.com or bluestarchildgallery.com. And also you can find me on Facebook or YouTube channel uh, by typing my name, Haruko Bluestarchild. So, mm-hmm. And also you can come visit me in my gallery in Mount Shasta. Yeah, I'd love to come one day. I'll be, I'm going to come one day. I'd love to yes. come visit you in your mm -hmm. gallery. If hopefully. I'm here, yes. Yeah, I was just saying, <laughs> hopefully you still have it by the time I get over to the States. Thank yes, you and again, the, Haruko. Yeah. It's been oh, thank you so much. And so happy to meet with you. Well, that was sublimely beautiful, I have to say. <laughs> just beautiful. I love her work. Just amazing. Beautiful, beautiful. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? I hope you enjoyed it. She was just telling me that she said she's been on Portal to Ascension. I said, are you going to the conference in, well, it's this weekend, isn't it? And she said, no, but she's going to be a part of another conference in Mount Shasta in June that Rob Potter puts on. And it has some amazing galactic people attending that conference. So that looks amazing. It would be great to go and meet her. I'd love to go to Shasta. Shasta is definitely on my bucket list, uh, places I want to go. Yeah, Mount Shasta. So if I go, now I can go and visit Haruko as well. One day I'll get there. One day I'll get there. Yeah, beautiful. What did you think? Did you get any transmissions, activations? What did you feel when you were listening to her music or looking at her art? I'd love to know. Leave me a comment and tell me how how you went. All righty. So this weekend, Frances Key is coming up in the Inner Sanctum. She's going to talk about her new book, In the Company of Souls, which is a compilation of different stories of her friends and families encountering extraordinary spiritual experiences and miracles. Uh, she is the scribe and the author of the team book series, which I say is mandatory reading for anyone on a spiritual journey. It, they're amazing and the way that the books came through her is also amazing so go and check out my shows with Frances I think I've spoken to her at least half a dozen times on the show and in the inner sanctum so there's plenty to listen to but the first show I did with her oh how many years ago now probably about five or six years ago she explains her journey of her mother dying and her contacting her mother in the afterlife and it's a beautiful story. It's an absolutely beautiful story. And then what happened when the transmission came through for the team books, she thought she was just having a chat with mum in the afterlife and it turned into this four-part series, book series of the most exquisite, sublime spiritual knowledge. 
about, you know, how we're never alone. We're part of a soul group, a family, a spiritual team that I very irreverently call my mob. But it's even vaster than that. It's even vaster than that. When you're a teacher, depending on what you're doing, your intention and who you are on the planet, you tap into different streams of consciousness that become part of your mob or your spiritual team. It, it, it ceases to be personal about your life and what you're getting up to and what you want to achieve and the, what you want, the desires that the ego, personality, body complex thinks that it wants from this life and it becomes more of a collective experience a collective goal and so you tap into streams of consciousness which is about uh, shifting the collective goal and then it becomes galactic and cosmic and yeah I mean how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go <laughs> love that saying I love that saying how far down the rabbit hole so yes I love those books and I love Francis well I love everybody but I love you know some people more than others I can't even say that. I just appreciate some people more than others because I, I connect. And um, so come and meet her if you want to come in uh, to the Inner Sanctum and meet her on Zoom and quiz her about her experiences and um, hear some of her stories. I'll be streaming some of it live on my platforms, but not all of it. We usually do the Q&A uh, off, off camera so people can, you know, feel free to ask whatever they want to ask and not feel like they're being videoed and, and in a public space yes so uh, that's all i want to say interesting we had some tech issues after that transmission that was very interesting um yeah lovely to see you again please share the shows and um press that like button and comment and subscribe and all that stuff people ask you to do i've been doing these shows for like 13 years now uploading to various platforms and uh I haven't really grown very much on YouTube at all when I look at other people's shows who have hundreds of thousands and millions of views. So if you would like to help out in sharing the shows, please ask people to subscribe to the channels on all the platforms. As I said, I'm experimenting on different video platforms and uh, trying to find some audience there, get the messages out because it's really not about fame or fortune because, as you know, I don't charge or put ads on these shows. It's about getting that message out to as many people as possible or in a wide platform so people can hear it. But I have to say, there are some amazing podcast shows out there. The young ones coming through and they're getting uh, they're getting huge traction, millions of views. And so the message is getting out there, might not need to come through me. <laughs> I feel like retiring and letting the young ones just handle it because they're doing such a great job. Huge shifting transition for me this year in what I'm doing. Uh, but anyway, I'm still in that sort of bobbing up and down on the ocean process at the moment. So love you all big time. Thanks again for listening and watching and I will see you on the next show. Bye for now. <laughs>